Ollie was painting her toenails, light blue with silver glitter. She stretched out her legs and wriggled her toes. What do you think, she said. She answered herself because no one else did. Amazing, Ollie. I think they're just amazing. But her mother and Matt had not even heard her. She saw they were both deeply engrossed in the television, so Ollie looked too. It was the news. Africa. Soldiers in trucks. A smoky, sprawling city of tents and ramshackle huts. A child standing alone and naked by an open drain, stick-like legs, distended stomach, and crying. Crying. A tented hospital. An emaciated mother sitting on a bed clutching her child to her shriveled breast. A girl, about Ollie's age, perhaps, squatting under a tree. Her eyes empty of all life. Eyes that had never known happiness. Flies clustered and crawled all over her face. She seemed to have neither the strength nor the will to brush them off. Ollie felt overwhelmed by a terrible sadness. It's horrible, she muttered. Suddenly, without a word, Matt got up from the sofa and stormed out, banging the door. What's the matter with him? Ollie asked. But she could see her mother was as mystified and as surprised as she was. For some days now she'd known something was wrong with Matt. No jokes, no teasing, no clowning. He should have been on top of the world. Just a week or so before, his exam results had come in. Straight A's. He could go to veterinary college at Bristol just as he'd planned. Ollie's mother had been ecstatic. She'd rung up and invited everyone to a celebration barbecue in the garden. Spare ribs and sausages and chicken. They all expected, as Ollie had, that sooner or later Matt would get into his clown gear and do his party act. But he didn't. He hardly said a word to anyone all evening. Great Aunt Bethel, Ganty Bethel, as everyone called her, made a speech that took a long time coming to an end. I just want to say, well done, Matt, she said. I know that if your father had been here, he'd have been as proud of you as we all are. Ollie never liked it when people talked of her father. Everyone else, it seemed, had known him except her. To her, he was a man in the photo on the mantelpiece, who had died in a car accident on his way to work one morning. She had no memories of him at all. Ganty Bethel had still not quite finished. Now you can go off to college, Matt, and become a vet, just like he was. Just like your mother is. Everyone had cheered and whooped and clapped, Ollie as loudly as anyone, until she saw the look on Matt's face. He was hating every moment of it. It was true that just occasionally Matt could seem very far away and serious, lost in some deep thought. Ollie knew well enough to leave him alone when he was like that, but this was quite different. He'd gone out in a fury, slamming the door behind him, and Ollie wanted to know why. She went out after him. She knew where she would find him. All summer the swallows had been flying in and out of their nest at the back of the garage. Matt had constructed a well-camouflaged hide at a discreet distance from the nest, and would sit in it for hours on end. He'd done most of his exam revision up there, watching, and sometimes photographing the parent swallows as they renovated their nest, incubated their eggs, and now as they flew almost constant hunting sorties to feed their young. He never liked anyone to come too close when the swallows were nesting. He'd even made his mother park her car in the street until the young had flown the nest. Ollie found him sitting up there in the hide, his knees drawn up to his chin. 
Stay there, I'll come down, he said. They walked together into the back garden. They've hatched four, he went on. One more to go, I hope. He sat down on the swing under the conker tree. It creaked and groaned under him. He didn't say anything for a while. Then he told her. I've made up my mind, Ollie. I'm not going to college. I'm not going to be a vet. What about Mum? Ollie said. What'll she say? It's not Mum's life, is it? She wants me to be a vet because she is. Because Dad was. Well, I don't want it. She just assumed I did. They all did. Ever since I was very little, Ollie, I only ever really wanted to do one thing. What? I just want to make people laugh. I want to make people happy. It's what people need most, Ollie. I really believe that. And I can do it. I can make people laugh. It's what I do best. Ollie knew that well enough. Matt had kept her smiling all her life. Whatever her troubles, at school, with her mother, with friends, he had always been able to make them go away. Somehow he could always make her laugh through her tears. He had a whole repertoire of silly walks, silly voices, silly faces, particularly silly faces. He had a face like rubber. He could mime and mimic. He could tell jokes at the same time as he juggled, bad jokes, the kind Ollie liked but could never remember. And when on special occasions, Christmases, parties, birthdays, he dressed up in his yellow-spotted clown costume, with his oversized red check trousers and his floppy shoes, painted his face and put on his great red nose and his silly bowler hat with the lid on it, then he could reduce anyone to gales of laughter, even Gandhi Bethel, and that was saying something. He could make people happy all right. Matt wouldn't look at her as he spoke. I'm going to be a clown, Ollie. I mean a real clown. And now I know where I'm going to do it. I'm going where my swallows go. I'm going to Africa. Did you see that girl on the news with the flies on her face? There's thousands like her. Thousands and thousands. And I'm going to try to make them happy. Some of them at least. I'm going to Africa. Everyone did all they could to stop him. Matt's mother told him again and again that it was just a waste of a good education, that he was throwing away his future. Ollie said that it was a long way away, that he could catch diseases, and that it was dangerous in Africa with all those lions and snakes and crocodiles. Ganti Bethel told him in no uncertain terms just what she thought of him. What they need in Africa, Matt, she said, is food and medicine and peace. Not jokes. It's absurd. Ridiculous nonsense. Every uncle, every aunt, every grandmother, every grandfather came and gave their dire warnings. Matt sat and listened to each of them in turn, and then said as politely as he could that it was his life and that he would have to live it his way. He argued only with his mother. With her it was always fierce and fiery and so loud sometimes that they would wake Ollie up with it and she'd go downstairs crying and begging them to stop. Then one morning, when they called him down for breakfast, he just wasn't there. His bed was made and his rucksack was gone. He'd left a letter for each of them on his bedside table. 
Ollie's mother sat down on his bed and opened her envelope. He's gone, Ollie, she said. He's gone. He says he's taken out all his savings and gone to Africa. Ollie had seen her cry before, but never like this. She clung to Ollie as if she would never let go. I'm so angry with him, Ollie, she said. And then, but I'm so proud of him too. It wasn't at all what Ollie expected her to say. Ollie read her letter again, sitting up in the privacy of Matt's hide at the back of the garage. Dear Ollie, I've got to go. I must. I don't suppose I'll write very often. I'm hopeless at letter writing, you know that. So don't expect to hear much. But I'll miss you a lot. I know I will. I'll tell you all about everything when I get back. Time passes very quickly. I'll be back before you know it. And don't worry about me. I'll watch out for all those lions and snakes and crocodiles, I promise. I'll be fine. Look after Mum for me. And look after my swallows, too. Make sure they all fly off safe and sound before the winter comes. See you soon. Love, Matt. Ollie tried to do all he had asked of her, but none of it was easy. In those first days, her mother was completely distraught. Ollie kept telling her the same thing over and over again. He'll be all right, Mum. He'll be all right. You'll see. It was all she could think of to say. But Ollie didn't even believe it herself. Night after night she lay awake, sick with her own worry, and as sad as she'd ever been. Without Matt there was no laughter in the house anymore, no joy, 